We are here again on a Wednesday night. It is April 12th, 2023. And we are in the book of Deuteronomy, so turn to chapter 16. Deuteronomy chapter 16, starting with verse 1. Observe the month of Abib and keep the Passover unto the Lord thy God. For in the month of Abib, the Lord thy God brought thee forth out of Egypt by night. Thou shalt therefore sacrifice the Passover unto the Lord thy God of the flock of the herd in the place which the Lord shall choose to place his name there. Thou shalt eat no leavened bread with it. Seven days shalt thou eat unleavened bread therewith, even the bread of affliction. For thou camest forth out of the land of Egypt in haste, that thou mayest remember the day when thou camest forth out of the land of Egypt all the days of thy life. And there shall be no leavened bread seen with thee in all thy coast seven days. Neither shall there anything of the flesh, neither shall there anything of the flesh, that which thou sacrificest the first day at even, remain all night until the morning. So, if you'll remember back in Egypt, on the night of the Passover, they were to cook the lamb, and all of it had to be eaten before the next day. If that was a really small family, they were to team up with another family so that all of it can be eaten. So that's what that's talking about right there in 4. Uh, 5. Thou mayest not sacrifice the Passover within any of thy gates which the Lord thy God giveth thee, but at the place which the Lord thy God shall choose to place his name in, there thou shalt sacrifice the Passover at even. So in the evening time, at the going down of the sun. See, that's, that is when the next day started for them. You know, we, we go well into the night. You know, it gets dark and it doesn't matter, it's still the same day. But as soon as the sun went down, that was the end of their day and started the next day. At the going down of the sun, at the season that thou camest forth out of Egypt. So they're just being instructed to keep the Passover, to remember the month of Abib. And I'm, I was going to look this up, but I didn't have time. But there's also the month of Nisan that you will see. And it's always the 14th of that month. Now, the Jewish people had two calendars. They had a civil calendar, and then they had a religious calendar. So maybe on the religious calendar, and you can call me up, tell me if I'm wrong. I'm just talking to people who are listening on, uh, on the podcast. Uh, you guys can look it up, tell me. But Abib might be the religious calendar, and, and Nisan might be the civil calendar. But I'm pretty sure they're the same month. 
but you'll hear two different months and you'll be, be confused. I thought it was that month, but now you're saying it's this month. Well, I'm pretty sure that's the case. <clears throat> so they're being instructed to remember this very special occasion in their history. It's important to remember, right? To remember what has happened in our past that has gotten us to where we are. And we are never to forget those things. We carry it on from generation to generation. It's critical that we don't forget who we are. Because who are we? If you don't know where you came from, you don't know who you are. So you've got to always remember that. Very important right here for the Jewish people. Verse 7, And thou shalt roast and eat it in the place which the Lord thy God shall choose, and thou shalt turn in the morning and go unto thy tents. Six days thou shalt eat unleavened bread. I mean, this is over and over again. Eat unleavened bread, and on the seventh day shall be a solemn assembly to the Lord thy God. Thou shalt do no work therein. All right, that's the first, uh, the first eight verses. So let's talk about this a little bit, kind of break it down a little bit more. But this, this is a very significant event for the nation of Israel, Passover. And that was when the death angel was going to pass over Egypt and, and firstborn of all the animals, firstborn of... And this is the firstborn male. The girls didn't have anything to worry about that night other than losing a loved one. So if it was a firstborn male animal, firstborn male child, if, if you did not follow the instructions of killing the little innocent lamb, draining the blood in a basin, and then prepping that little lamb as a meal, you're going to cook it, you're going to roast it, and that blood, you would take the hyssop. The hyssop is a paintbrush, basically. Uh, it's a plant that they used to apply pitch and blood or water, just like we would use a scrub brush today. They had what they called hyssop, and they would take the blood, dip that hyssop in the blood, and they would paint the doorpost and over top of the door and, with the blood. And when the death angel came over, it would, the death angel would see the blood and pass over the firstborn male. The firstborn male child. And it doesn't have to be a child. I mean, it could have been a family that, uh, you know, think about firstborn. If, yeah, I would be firstborn, it wouldn't matter how old I was, I was still firstborn and, of the family, and the blood needed to be applied. If the blood was not applied for any reason, that person died. So think about all of the households in Egypt. None of them believed it. None of them were going to put blood on the doorpost. But if they did, if one of them maybe heard what they were doing, and you know what? These Jews are something else. Uh, these Hebrew people, maybe we should try it. And if they did, the firstborn child wouldn't have died in that household. But we don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. <clears throat> All right, so I'm going to... There was something else I was wanting to talk about. Remember that 
Passover is one day, Passover. But the events that follow it, the days of unleavened bread, that is, or the feast of unleavened bread is what they called it, that is those six days, really seven days, but six days of not eating, and that seventh day was special. That was separate, but so closely linked because it went together. But you still have to remember that Passover was one night. It was that one day. And then it was to be followed with the feast of unleavened bread. Now, unleavened bread would be a very flat bread. It would not have been very appealing. It wouldn't have looked good. It wouldn't have tasted good. It would have been blah, blah, because it had no yeast in it. So we, uh, we love to put yeast in bread and makes it so much more gooder. Right? So much more gooder. And uh, they were instructed not to have any leaven whatsoever. So I'm going to read out of the Believer's Bible commentary, and he won't have anything. I'm guaranteeing you he will not have anything in here like more gooder. He won't. He won't say he won't. He won't. They don't know good English. Yeah, I saw... Uh, a t-shirt one time, uh, and it had, it, it had the word funner on it, and then it was broken down like you would see in a dictionary, separated up in the syllables, and had the little marks all over it. And I was like, oh, that is so cool. And it said, funner is a word. And then the definition underneath the word funner was more gooder than just plain fun. <laughs> so I really like that t-shirt. I want to find one, but I can't find one anywhere. All right, so I'm going to read out of the Believer's Bible Commentary. It says, chapter 16 reviews the three feasts for which the men in Israel were to go to the central sanctuary each year. As to their purpose, Moody writes, ah, Moody. Yeah, he, he references, it. that's what I like about this Believer's Bible Commentary is he references so many of the greats that we think of, and uh, D.L. Moody was definitely one. I like D.L. Moody really well because he was a shoe salesman when he was a young man, and he, just like I was trying to do, butcher in the English language, he did that. He, he, when he read the King James Bible, he said all kinds of wrong words because he would look at it and he just couldn't read it really well and he would just say the wrong thing. And when he would, he would be, but he was making such an impact in America that he was invited to go to different places, even over to England. And he went over to, I believe it was F.B. Meyer's church. Adrian Rogers was talking about it uh, recently. And so... Dwight Moody went over there, and F.B. Myers had him speak at his church. And uh, Moody was just butchering the King James uh, English. And F.B. Myers like, what have I done? I cannot believe that I allowed him to come over here and preach at my church. This is embarrassing. And then P. 
people started coming to Meyer and saying, this man, oh my goodness, the girls in my Sunday school class, they're so different now after hearing him preach. And it, he just kept hearing different things were happening in the church ever since that Moody guy got here. And, and F.B. Meyer's like, really? Wow. So he knew that it was of God. All right, so Moody writes, The holy feasts were, in general, appointed for these ends and uses. Number one, to distinguish... All right, so these holy feasts, they, they represent things, okay? Number one, to distinguish the people of God from other nations. Number two, to keep afoot the remembrance of the benefits already received. Number three, to be a type and figure of benefits yet further to be conferred upon them by Christ. See, this is a, when you see this Passover and the blood applied, we as Christians today need to see that as that's Jesus being that perfect, unblemished lamb that was going to be sacrificed and his blood would be applied and any who applied the blood, would they wouldn't die. It wouldn't be a second death. They would live forever with him. Okay, number four, to unite God's people in holy worship. We're supposed to come together for holy worship. Number five, to preserve purity in holy worship prescribed by God. So that's what Moody wrote. All right, back to uh, the Bible believer. Uh, what he's writing, the, the Passover and Feast of Unleavened Bread were closely connected. The Passover is described in verses 1 and 2, 5 through 7. Um, verse 1, verse 2, and then verses 5, 6, and 7. The Feast of Unleavened Bread in verses 3 and 4 and verse 8. These feasts were to remind God's people of His redemptive work on their behalf, the Lord's Supper is a weekly remembrance feast for the New Testament believer, a memorial of Christ, our Passover sacrifice for us. The Feast of Unleavened Bread pictures the kind of lives the redeemed should live. Right? There should be no leaven in us, no corruption in us. If we're born again, and we are new creatures in Christ, and we're living a holy life, we should be, and we are, because of the blood of Jesus, it's taken all the corruption away. So we're seen by God as perfect, because we're hid in Christ. So that's what the uh, Feast of Unleavened Bread pictures, the kind of lives the redeemed should live, full of praise according to the blessing of the Lord your God and free from malice and wickedness. Uh, so 1 Corinthians uh, 5.8, probably 5.7, and then 5.8, uh, talking about being a new creature. I'm pretty sure that's, where, that's what that is. Okay, uh, the details given concerning the Passover here are different in several respects from the details given in Exodus 12 and 13. So you go back to Exodus 12 and 13, you're going to see the really, you know, the whole story. 
Uh, for example, what could be offered and where it could be offered are different in each passage. All right, now back to the Bible. Uh, verse 9, chapter 16, verse 9. Let's read uh, through 12. Seven weeks thou sh shalt thou number unto thee, begin to number the seven weeks from such time as thou beginnest to put the sickle to the corn, and thou shalt keep the feast of weeks unto the Lord thy God with a tribute of a free will offering of thine hand, which thou shalt give unto the Lord thy God according as the Lord thy God hath, hath blessed thee. And thou shalt rejoice before the Lord thy God, thou and thy son and thy daughter and thy manservant and thy maidservant and the Levite that is within thy gates, and the stranger and the fatherless and the widow that are among you, in the place which the Lord thy God hath chosen to place his name there. And thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman in Egypt, and thou shalt observe and do these statutes. Okay. The Feast of Weeks, which is Pentecost, began with the first fruits of the wheat harvest and is a symbol of the gift of the Holy Spirit. It is not to be confused with the Feast of First Fruits, which is barley, which was held on the second day of, of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. The free will offering, as in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, was, was to be proportionate to the Lord's blessing on the individual, individual's endeavors, in this case, his crops. So that's where we get, you know, what he's talking about is give uh, to match up with what the, how, the, how you've been blessed. Um, you know, give out of your increase. That's what it's talking about there. Okay, uh, 13, back to 13, uh, over here at the Bible. We're going to read 13, 14, and 15. Thou shalt observe the Feast of Tabernacles seven days. After that, thou hast gathered in thy corn and thy wine. And thou shalt rejoice in thy feast, thou and thy son and thy daughter and thy manservant and thy maidservant and the Levite and the, uh, uh, the stranger and the fatherless and the widow that are within thy gates. Seven days shalt thou keep a solemn feast unto the Lord thy God in the place which the Lord shall choose, because the Lord thy God shall bless, bless thee in all thine increase and in all the works of thine hands. Therefore thou shalt surely rejoice. All right, back over to believers, Bible commentary. The, the Feast of Tabernacles was at the end of the harvest season and looks forward to the time when Israel will be regathered in the land under the rule of Christ. That's what he's saying about those verses. The Feast of Tabernacles. Now, go to 16. Verses 16 and 17. The gifts of the males is what's in the Schofield uh, heading these two verses. Three times in a year shall all thy males 
appear before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose, in the feast of unleavened bread, and in the feast of weeks, and in the feast of tabernacles. And they shall not appear before the Lord empty. Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord thy God, which he hath given thee. All right. Believers, Bible commentary. He's, gonna, he's going to uh, talk about what Moody said again. D.L. Moody. All right, and before we get to that part, he says, Three times a year all the Israelite males were to appear before the Lord with a gift according to each one's ability. Moody indicates the spiritual meaning of the three feasts they had to attend. Uh, the, the, those, those feasts were the Passover, Pentecost, and Feast of Tabernacles. They typify a completed redemption. Number one, by the passion of the cross, suffering. That would be Passover. The little lamb died. Christ died on the cross. Number two, by the coming of the Holy Spirit, grace. And that's, the, uh, that's Pentecost. Matches up with Pentecost. And then three, by the final triumph of the coming king. And that's glory. So you have suffering, grace, and glory. And then, so that matches up with the Feast of Tabernacles, the final triumph, coming of the coming king. All right, back over to your Bible. Verse 18. Judges and officers shalt thou make thee in all thy gates, which the Lord thy God giveth thee throughout thy tribes, and they shall judge the people with just judgment. So that's, that's judgment that is correct. Thou shalt not rest judgment. Thou shalt not respect persons. You know, a, a good judge, it doesn't matter who you are, who you might benefit from. You know, if you're somebody great, in the communities or somebody that nobody even knows. A good judge shall not respect persons, should not uh, elevate anybody above another. Neither take a gift. So don't let yourself be bribed. And people let that happen all the time. So what does a gift do? For or because a gift doeth blind the eyes of the wise and pervert the words of the righteous. So if you take a gift, then if you are wise, your wisdom kind of goes out the door and you will not, you will change your words or make it mean something different. You'll pervert the words. You know, somebody gives a gift, does a favor for you, you are wanting to preach on a certain topic, and you know that in their family something's going on there, and, well, I don't want to offend them. They did do something nice for me, so I'm not going to preach that today. So it would change what the message was supposed to be. So don't do that. 20. That which is altogether just shalt thou follow, 
that thou mayest live and inherit the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. All right, so back to the believers. Judges must be honest, righteous, and impartial. They should not accept a bribe because a bribe makes a man incapable of judging fairly. I didn't even have to read that. I already explained it. Uh, the next, uh, let's see, 21, back to the Bible. We've got two more verses. Thou shalt not plant thee a grove of any trees near unto the altar of the Lord thy God, which thou shalt make thee. So they're supposed to do the altar, but they're not supposed to plant the grove of trees. What's wrong with that? A grove of trees is beautiful. That's something the pagans did all the time. That's where they would go worship. They would go plant these rows of trees and make this real pretty place to go worship. And because it was tied to the pagan peoples, uh, they were not allowed to do that. 22, neither shalt thou set up set thee up any image which the Lord thy God hateth. Okay, back to believers. The uh, wooden image, Astara, was a pole made from a tree, and it represented a pagan goddess. Eventually, the, the altar of the Lord would rest in the temple in Jerusalem, where no trees could easily be planted, but where an idolatrous symbol could be, the, and ultimately was, set up. So, it did happen in, in 2 Kings 23, 6. All these things ended up happening anyway. They're told not to do it, but yet they end up doing it anyway. Now, let's, I'm going to show you something, and, and there were certain people I wanted to see this. So turn in your Bibles to Acts 12, Acts chapter 12. All right, so we just had Resurrection Sunday. If you were at sunrise service, if you were at church service, I doubt you ever heard the word Easter, right? Because I don't use the word Easter. If you have a new version of the Bible, there's no Easter in it. So I should like the new versions because there's no Easter in there, right? No. There is one place in the entire Bible that says Easter, and it's right here in Acts 12, verse 4. And this is the story of where James and Peter had been uh, arrested. They're being held. Let's read real quick here. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Now, it says here, in the King James Bible, it says, Then were the days of unleavened bread. It's in parentheses, but it's part of the Word of God, regardless. So maybe it was something that was wrote over to the side when, these, when the translators were going through the scrolls and the manuscripts 
and they would see, they would be translating, and maybe there was a note over in the margin, and they put that in parentheses. But they wanted to make sure you knew that then were the days of unleavened bread. Now, what did we just read about over in Deuteronomy 16? You had the Passover, which was one day, and what followed it was the Feast of Unleavened Bread for the next seven days. So it's two different things, but very much connected. Verse 4, And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Now, every other Bible that you will get your hand, any other version of the Bible, New King James, every one, all of them, say Passover instead of Easter right here. Now, the Greek word is Pasha, Pascha, which is always translated Passover in the New Testament except right here. So what's important to know, the reason I don't use the word Easter, and in and, and here it's, it's Easter, just like we spell it today, but it was I-S-T-H-A-R is the spelling of Easter from back then. It was a pagan holiday that Herod would have been very excited about. Now, if this was supposed to be Passover, how is it that Passover happened after the Days of Unleavened Bread? It doesn't. It starts it. So it's on the 14th of Abib, or Nisan, whichever calendar you're using. But Abib is what Deuteronomy is telling us. And it's the 14th. It's always the 14th. But the pagan holiday Easter was by the moon. It was on the lunar calendar. So the pagan people, it would be on different days. Every year it would be somewhere different on the calendar because it went by the moon cycle where Passover was always the 14th then the Days of Unleavened Bread. That's why the King James translators translated this Easter because they couldn't understand how it could be Passover. Now, if Herod was trying to please the Jews, I don't know why he would, other than the fact that when he killed James, they liked that. And you would think that Herod would do something totally opposite. If they liked me killing James, let's do something different. Because Herod was not all that inter interested in observing their holidays. I mean, think about Jesus right before this. They didn't care that that Passover was going on. Didn't care at all. So why would they care about Passover in this situation? But Herod probably would have been interested in getting through Easter... And then, but either, either way, either way, it doesn't matter that much as far as 
there were both holidays that could be very close to each other depending on the year. Now, if you go back to this particular year, those two holidays might have been very close together. So they could have been both of them really, really close. Some years, Passover is, is a pretty good ways away from Easter. Other years, they're very, very close. So I just wanted to show you something that where the King James Bible is very different in that particular thing than any other. There's no other Bible. So either the, the translators either purposely did something wrong here or they had a very good reason for doing what they did. And I think that's what the reason was. Because of that, then were the days of unleavened bread. That means Passover had already happened. And Herod was not going to hang on for another almost one year to do this to Peter. That's a little ridiculous. So that's why the King James Bible puts Easter there. Now, Easter was, you know how today you have Easter baskets with candy in them? Christians, in my opinion, should have nothing to do with that. Why would you do anything to take little kids' eyes off of the risen Savior? Why would you do that? Why would you have Easter bunnies? Why would you have somebody dressed up in a bunny costume at your church? Why would you do something like that to get the little kids' focus off of Jesus Christ on Resurrection Day? Why would you do that? And if you go back and you find out what they did on Easter, the pagans, how they celebrated it, it was the fertility god that they were worshiping. So rabbits represent, you hear people say they multiply like rabbits. And then you have eggs, that's a sign of fertility, eggs. And that's what they did. They wanted to excite the fertility gods so that their animals would produce more, their crops would produce more. So that's a little history behind that. All right. So we got through Deuteronomy 16, and we went to Acts and cleared up a little bit about Easter. And since this past uh, Sunday was Resurrection Sunday, I thought it would be fitting uh, it just so happened that we landed on Deuteronomy 16, which was talking about the Passover. And the Passover is very precious to us, even though that, was, that feast was for the Jews, but it was a picture for us, and we hold it very dear to our hearts as well because it's a picture of our Savior. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word. And Father, I thank you for this time that we have on Wednesday nights to get into your word. I pray that every person here and anybody listening will be, be uh, a little different from being in the word, being amongst other believers. And Father, I just pray that we would be just a little more able to do the things that you have called us to do. Thank you, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.